you know, you do get to have a say. It's not all about, you know, what the client wants. It's like, what do you want to do? What kind of service do you want to offer? What, you know, how much do you want to earn? How much do you want to work? Really looking into all that aspect of your business. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives where we sit down often with a special guest, and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry. On today's episode, we're talking branding with David McGinty and Gail Kelly from Walnut Wasp, a creative agency based here in Glasgow. If branding is more than just your logo, how deep does it go, you may ask? Well, we found out as we cover the effects branding has on clients, as well as how focusing on your branding can lead to a more fulfilling career in the wedding industry. Greg and I go into some details about our rebranding process and what was involved in how differentiating ourselves led to an increase in our bookings and a boost in our happiness. Walnut Wasp give you advice on how you can do the same too. All of you listening are going to benefit from today's episode as we find out why everyone should put more attention to their branding. So keep listening. I should mention that David also has a salty segment right at the end of this episode where he gets really passionate about a piper. This episode of Perspective is sponsored by With Jack, but we'll get on to that a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, Greg, what are we drinking? We are back to good old coffee, and it's the good coffee cartel again. That's right, our favourites. I got my monthly subscription through last week. Mm -hmm. The nice, well, the... That, so you get your normal can, and then you get these, which are like a wee bonus with your subscription. That's so, right. So that's not that's got cute. to last me a month. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. I love the can, but they don't have any other information on it. No taste notes. But we'll it's, have to uh, taste it and find out. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's an Ethiopian Coke cookie. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> would, hello, hello, guess. <laughs> How would you say this? I, w- I would say we're starting off the morning with an Ethiopian Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. See, so I went cookie. Cokey. Well, I would I'd say coke because there's no sort of a. I want to if I'm going to cokey it, I'm going to have a wee flick above the e, am I not? Or maybe a little umlaut or something. I, I don't know, know how it's working <laughs> Ethiopia. Anyway, mm. David, you're actually not going to drink this. You don't drink coffee. I'm on I the Iron Brew Extra. I can't believe you've got you in here. Pure Scottish man. <laughs> Sorry. That's one. That's only the first way in which I'm going to disappoint you today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we like to start the podcast by just debriefing. Our weekend, so just chatting about what we've been up to, which will be interesting because normally it's people who've been out working on weddings. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you, you guys don't actually go out and shoot, or that's true. We don't. We don't shoot weddings anymore. Um, you do have a band. Was that out? No, Gail and I were shooting a wedding. <laughs> on, on oh, you're kidding. <laughs> oh my, no. Sorry, guys. Oh yeah. That's like if you'd asked us that question any other weekend of the year, it would have been a different answer. <laughs> this is brilliant then. Yeah, brilliant. We were shooting an elopement in Edinburgh. It was awesome. A very lovely elopement. Uh, a young couple in Edinburgh and it was, uh, we were the witnesses and oh, the photographers. Cool. And it was, um, it was very nice. It was mm-hmm. great. And it was, it was the last wedding that we have scheduled. Never say never, but as rooftop, yeah, mosaic, rooftop mosaic. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. Were the couple foreign? Were they over? Uh, no, they were from the. Uh, Nikki was from South Shields, Newcastle way, and uh, Sean is actually from Edinburgh, but they lived down south, so they were sort of eloping up here. Yeah, uh, just the two of them. Nice, nice. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah. We had good overcast weather and just chilled out day. Plenty of time, so it was really good. Yeah. Very That's cool. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Emperor's always a cool place to do a shoot. Yeah. Not to drive, but to shoot. No, to drive is a horrible. Yeah. Horrible, horrible place. I don't like Emperor for that. I was actually over in Edinburgh as well. Were you? I took my nephew to see the Kilmarnock game. <laughs> right. They were playing Hibs. So, yeah. You're a Kilmarnock fan? Of course. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the only reason you would go to that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've met a yeah. Kilmarnock fan then. <laughs> we got beat, but it was still a good day to right. come to his first away game. Yeah. Did he enjoy it? He did, yeah. Did you teach him some horrible songs? And I didn't, but there was a few people around me who felt that the other team were cheating or the referee wasn't <laughs> right. very nice. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he didn't pick up too much of that. <laughs> Simon, what were you up to? Actually, my wife, uh, who has rebranded, funnily enough, Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Mighty Mama Coach uh, launched her new studio in Finiston cool. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we did that. I shot some snaps and um, yeah, it was a good night. Nice. Yeah. Kids, uh, kids were babysat by Gran. So it was a late night. Awesome. What's the name? The Mighty Mama Coach. Cool. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. We also actually, we went on Friday night to mm-hmm. see oh to see the Jurassic Park oh, with the live orchestra oh cool the, where were we at the Armadillo at the Armadillo with um, I mean she's asked us not to mention her name but with Joe Donaldson and Liam <laughs> and Liam that's right so that was um, yeah that's like Jurassic so Park's what, the best film so what was the made. setup there was it was the film playing and yeah. live musicians playing a, along to it they were on this the orchestra was on the stage so you could like see them and they had a projector playing nice. the film at the back it's yeah. really cool and there's no music in the they had a music free version yeah. of the film playing and then the orchestra plays it it was awesome it was really cool. really great Super did it cool. make it more intense I'm not sure no I think it made it more distracting because you like oh, okay. half the time you were paying attention to the orchestra half the time you were paying attention to the movie so it kind of mm. took you out of the movie a wee bit in, a, in the best possible way because yeah. it was something really fun to pay attention to in the program. Yeah. And I suppose you've seen the movie multiple times yeah. anyway. Exactly. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, totally. Who is David and Gail and what what's your connection to the wedding industry? So I'm David McGinty, this is Gail Kelly, my wife. <laughs> um <laughs> maybe need I'm to get sorry. into that. I'm just I'm <laughs> just stirring the pot. I'm Why sorry. don't you take each other's names? Who well, I didn't take Gail's Nobody name want to for the traditional reasons, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and that it's extremely socially unconventional to do so. Um, <laughs> and you're just stubborn. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I, I like my name. Didn't love the sound of Gail McGinty mm-hmm. as a as a name. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm an extreme feminist. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. A radical one, not one of the you know sensible ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're going to cut all of that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what we're say. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so my, my 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 wife's one of those. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you guys do? What's your thing? Our thing is we run a creative agency. We do predominantly graphic design, which includes things like web design. We do filmmaking and we do photography for small businesses, medium sized businesses. Yeah, we basically help businesses to kind of present themselves better, to look better, to distill their sort of story into tangible elements that they can use to further their business basically and um, we're both from a wedding industry background gail's right. been a wedding photographer for a few years now i was a wedding filmmaker so we know the wedding industry quite well which is ultimately i think that's how we kind of know you guys 
and we've done loads of work for wind suppliers and we did some free marketing advice stuff for wind um, suppliers over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's kind of it. Why don't you sort of explain a bit more what the whole brand and sort of includes and what it is for people? Because I think a lot of people start up as a photographer, say, and they're mm-hmm. like, right, I've got a website, I'll just use my name and I've got a logo and think that's me, I'm done. I've got a brand image. Yeah, but for sure. You're absolutely right. And I, I realise already I kind of mangled the first answer to your first question there. But basically, yes. So to me, like, branding is about... So if we think of, like, the the brand of Ironbrew, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think of when you think of Ironbrew as a brand? Like, what are the types of things that spring to mind for you guys? I think of Scotland. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely Scotland and... Mm sugary sweetness mm-hmm. i think of hangover cure yeah, yeah. definitely that comedy Orange sort of blue elements yeah. to it as well their yeah, totally. adverts mm. were always quite iconic oh yeah, yeah. like tongue-in-cheek and mm. yeah very sort of cheeky mm-hmm. they've got um, like their color schemes just very bold as well and recognizable and yeah yeah so like that is a collection of stuff that some of that is obviously aesthetic and then some of it is like personality and some of it is you know there's there's it's a very wide range of stuff so i think the when we talk about branding it's kind of a malleable phrase and we're really talking about the personality of the company and what what we want people to say about our company does that make sense yeah mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so it's actually a much bigger question than just graphic design elements or just photography and video even though some of the outputs that you would come up with tend to be in those areas so i guess um i agree with you entirely people starting businesses with the kind of default decisions, you know, like I'm going to use this name because it's my name or I'm yeah. going to, and, and very often that's a good choice, by the way, I'm not suggesting that using your own name is a bad choice. I think that it's often completely fine, especially if you have a great name, like there's some great names out there. <laughs> yep. Chantal Lachance Gibson. That's a great, if you're born with that, don't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I guess that one of the things that I, I, I agree with you that some people are missing the opportunity to be a little bit more involved and mm-hmm. to take the opportunity even as in as fundamental an element as their business name to start communicating stuff about the business when we yeah because when we work with sort of people on branding projects it's i mean the the end result is a logo but um but it is more than that throughout the process and it's actually a little bit more than that at the end result as well we sort of yeah. look at everything mm-hmm. from sometimes we are involved with the actual naming of the business and sometimes we're not um but we also look at things like signature language that they're sort of putting out. We do some image creation work for them as well to make sure, like, if it's photographers or things like that, that, um, you know, they're putting out the right kind of stuff. And then you're building up kind of other graphic elements you can use. You're building up colour schemes you can use, typography, all of that stuff. You guys went through a, a rebranding process. How long ago was that? We did. It, it was started a long, long time ago, <laughs> but <laughs> it finished Recently. At the start of this year. So right, we, yeah. we launched the new sort of image earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I love it, by the way. I really like your um, oh, you. your yeah. logo and the new brand. And I, I I just love how, like a lot of the things we say to people and it's like, you know, you've you've kind of done all that stuff. Not that like, I don't mean that we told you to do it, but I just mean <laughs> yeah. like you've taken that on board and you've really like launched with everything. You've looked at your whole mm-hmm. package and your whole service. Yeah. And it's not yeah. just a, let's get a new logo and... and not change anything else sort of thing it's really looks really good yeah yeah we we had been sitting with the same sort of logo and website and look to our sort of company for about seven or eight years Mm. and we just got to the point where we're like this is not representative of the work we're doing yeah who we are 
and where we want to go. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yeah, we need an overhaul of the whole image. Yeah. yeah. And we needed, at that time, we needed an overhaul of everything. As creatives, we weren't inspired by what we were doing. The expectations of clients kind of stopped us from being creative, essentially. Right. Uh, yeah. And moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. When we went through that branding process, we realized that there's actually just a lot of stuff that we need to change. Right. Yeah. Um, not just the brand itself. Mm-hmm. So it was a really in-depth process. Yeah. Obviously, in-depth on both ends, like our end, having to change the way we see our work and ourselves and mm-hmm. how to portray that, as well as going through like, okay, who do we want our films to be for? What do we want to say to those people? I think that's why it took us so long because it was just like everything was changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, And it has a way of making you, I think, look at everything you already do, mm. figure out what parts of it you kind of like and want to keep and what parts of it you're doing because you've fallen into patterns. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really purifying process to go through that and to because you're figuring out, okay, well, you're almost starting from scratch in terms of what do I think fits inside the box of ideas that represents our business and mm-hmm. what's the stuff that we've just gathered up along the way or that we thought worked, you know, eight years ago. Eight years ago, is a, that's a huge amount of time to <laughs> yeah, kind of think how much progress has been made. In, <laughs> Especially in, this, in the wedding industry as well. Yeah, like, yeah. When you look back at styles and trends back then, mm-hmm. it is totally different now. Yeah, yeah. and I think even like what the client wants, like what they want from it now, you know, versus eight years ago, it's probably quite different as well. Yeah. How often should people look at their image, their brand, their logo, like just the stuff on the surface? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a company like Coca-Cola, for example, mm-hmm. I feel like they change quite often. Yeah. And I'm specifically referring to their bottle design. Have you seen mm-hmm. what they're doing now? They've, yeah, got, yeah. they've got their uh, the, like the big two liter bottles. Mm-hmm. It's it's now very confusing if you're buying a normal <laughs> Coke or a Coke Zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn you, Coca Cola, fix that because <laughs> I want to buy two diet mm-hmm. cokes and a Coke, and yeah. now I've got three diet cokes essentially not on. Yes, so they've, they've <laughs> sorry they've done this nowhere. like they've actually done this quite a few times over the last couple of years, and it's it's super fascinating to me that they mm-hmm. do this. So if you remember back to a few years ago, every Coke that you would get was like its own little mini brand. So Diet Coke has always been ring-fenced and really treated as a completely separate product for yeah. a completely separate audience. You had Coke Life a few years ago. Do you remember that? The green one? Oh, yeah. It was yes. kind of half sugary. <laughs> yeah. It was, like the, it was like the modern day Iron Brew equivalent of Coke. So it was like a kind of watered-down Coke, basically. Mm. <laughs> I, I think um, they tried to make Coke seem healthy. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is a good attempt, but we know your game. <laughs> yeah. So that exactly. was uh, they fell into that uh, slightly awkward graphic design phase of a few years ago where they were just like if we make it green people think it's either healthy or eco-friendly yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's neither yeah. Um, that's right and they they even had the little leaf on it mm-hmm. so make they're it maybe going for both of those messaging <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah you know God loves a trial <laughs> yeah absolutely um, and then now like it's clear that they so the Coke Zero bottle's red now right and it's got a little strip that just says the strip Zero is black sugar. yeah 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 so they're obviously completely changing that direction mm. to make it seem like it's all very, very tied up. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. It's just it's just a little yeah. bit confusing. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, it, I'm just, yeah. It's amazing though that a brand that size that's so established mm-hmm. with people instantly recognize them, they're constantly still tweaking as well. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a good lesson. Yeah. But I mean, in this case, it seems to backfire because now you don't know whether you're buying <laughs> a, a Coke Zero or a Coke. <laughs> 
and I get it. Um, I find that kind of annoying. And um, but the, I guess the point that they're just constantly keeping an eye on is there something we can do with our presentation that's going to mm-hmm. help us achieve whatever goal that is. Yeah, and they're still not resting the laurels. I mean, it, it's a few years ago now, but think of like the name on the bottle campaign, which oh yeah, yeah. was oh, massive. Yeah. Like it's such a simple thing, yeah. like buy a coke for David. Yeah, and you know that had an actual impact on sales. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good to just keep um, just keep looking at things. I don't, you know, I, I think I, people probably get quite scared, and no one's suggesting that you know you spend a fortune rebranding, doing a new website, and like everything you guys have done recently. Like you're mm. you're probably not. If someone was like, in two years, you should do that again, you would be like, no thanks, Hell I'm no. fine. <laughs> yeah. But no yeah. one, I think, no one's <laughs> suggesting that because most of the time, you know, you're. If you're working with good designers, you're going to get something that's you know that works for you and that's mm-hmm. uh, not going to date quickly. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and will last you a little while. And as long as you're just and you can tweak within that without having to actually re you know redo everything, you mm-hmm. can sort of look at all the different services you're offering and you know packages or whatever. If you're sending out things to customers and sort of look at all that and just tweak it as you go without having to overhaul everything. Yeah. And you can update a website, you know, without having to completely rebrand it as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's like Coke, because they're never going to change that that classic yeah. font logo. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't, because it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Coke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like David's favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I kind of went on a tangent with my rant there, but how often should people look at their own logo, their own image? I think if it's working, then that's great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I guess three or four years is enough time to pass that there might be something that's happened in your business that's progressed in a way that is no longer being represented by what you have. It's, it's always good to just constantly be keeping an eye and making sure that does the thing we actually do or the thing we want to do seem to come across in all our collateral. And yeah. I guess, I mean, we change it all the time. Like we seem to be a little bit schizophrenic that way. We're not that bad. We we just changed it recently, but um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so we've had the we've, we had that one. We've tweaked it quite a few times. I think. Yeah, so we had that one for about four years, probably. Actually, and then we just changed it recently. Mm. Yeah. We had bits of it for four years, but <laughs> it did keep changing because the typography changed pretty yeah. early. And then it's changed. So we refined again. it a little bit. Yeah. Got, it got refined once and then changed once since 2014. So it's 2018 yeah. now. That's And we changed it at the start of this year. So yeah, we kind of tweak it. Yeah, I think I would say sort of somewhere between four and five years this should would be my rough mm-hmm. estimate I think yeah, yeah. You can we're, not, we're not talking about scrapping it and doing a page one rewrite at that point although you yeah. might feel that that's appropriate because yeah. obviously like if you're really established then that's there's thing is the wedding industry and industries with sole traders who are constantly dealing with new clientele anyway like yeah. that's the beauty of it so it's yeah. like Coke are not only out there trying to acquire new customers but pretty much we in the wedding industry are only out there trying to acquire new customers we don't really mm. rely on repeat business which means that this idea of having a really consistent brand that is really established and that lasts for 20 years doesn't need to because you're only ever really interested when you're marketing yourself in the next customer. Which is obviously, I don't mean you're not interested in your current customers. I mean, from a marketing perspective, you're interested in the next sale. So yeah. you can kind of rewrite the entire thing without really having to worry too much about your being having continuity between what, the business look yeah, like at the start. Yeah, most people, like, most, you know, couples will be with you for, you know, a period of a few years at most and then they're gone and, you know, you're not really marketing to them anymore. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you can change things up and no one's going to... Interestingly, like, so anytime we decide, so if we've decided, okay, we're going to update the website and we're going to rebrand ourselves or whatever it is, 
or we're going to tweak this or tweak that. Instantly in my mind, I'm like, okay, so I can't share anything on social media now until <laughs> that's done with because yeah. things aren't perfect, things aren't optimised, so I need to put my life on hold and stall everything and not share stuff. That's obviously a horrible attitude to have yeah. because mm-hmm. it turns out that you can... Like, it's suited... Me, this has got me this far, so I've gained so much work so far from this existing website and this existing brand. I can keep going with it for two months while we sort out our stuff and launch the new thing. That should be the rational thing that I'm thinking just very often isn't yeah but that's a good lesson in that you know punters that find you now that still love the old site yeah there's going to be them out there and the, their money's as good as anyone else's yeah and- we we actually did that it was like we'd sort of almost stopped entirely posting on instagram <laughs> or yeah mm. we'd share our films to facebook when they were sort of ready for blogging but mm. very little throughout the whole process of rebranding yeah and we did sort of feel the effect of it because it was like Oh, wait it's been slower to fill up this year's bookings or next year's and it's like oh that would be because <laughs> we weren't putting anything out there and yeah weren't getting in front of people yeah so do you have any advice for like i know you said that you find it hard to do that but yeah any advice for people to like you know stick with it and just yeah T- to be honest like i'm i'm still torn on it because i think well we always talk about not wanting to hotshot good stuff so if you're about to launch a new website it kind of makes sense to hold back a bunch of awesome stuff if yeah. you can and build it up. Um, but as long as you don't have in your mind this idea that, okay, the thing I had before that, I've, that I'm now changing in the process of changing is completely not fit for purpose and therefore I'd be completely wasting my time by putting stuff out under that brand. That's probably not a particularly healthy attitude. That's just the attitude I always sort of default to. So I think you you shouldn't think of it as this thing's poisoned and I can never use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you should also hold back some awesome stuff for when you want to make a splash with this new brand. So I guess figure out the balance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's mm. if you're talking about photographers, something who's shooting, you know, a reasonable amount of weddings a year, there's you're, there's probably enough in there that you should be able to hold back, you know, the, the good stuff, the best stuff for launch time, but still have plenty of other content that's still great that you can be, you know, you can be putting out in the meantime. Don't see why you can't yeah, find that balance. For basically. Sure. Although photographers along with filmmakers we're in the unique position of the work we do incidentally is already ready-made social content which is very luxurious for us so that's probably not true of a venue or a florist or you know someone who's who's not generating social content they're generating work and then they separately have to go away and create this content so they're probably not sitting on a massive bank of stuff that they can hold back some stuff and hot shot other stuff yeah maybe then some advice is to do your best to sort of plan ahead with that because there are certain times of year that are much better for making bookings than other times of year. I think most mm-hmm. people will, would notice that. So maybe it's just a case of trying to think ahead. And, you know, if you if you don't have a huge amount of content to share, then it's like plan your launch for a good, busy sort of booking season, which means you're not so worried about what you're putting out yeah. over mm-hmm. the summer or something. Yeah. If it's not, um, if you've not got a lot to share, no one's paying attention because everyone's at weddings anyway. So yeah. If someone was to go through the rebranding process, mm-hmm. branding process, what benefits would people see, generally speaking? Like, why should people focus on branding? So, what benefits have you seen since you've rebranded? I'm going to make you do the work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. You can't answer Sorry. a question with a question. I can go <laughs> first if you want. <laughs> you go first. Right, okay. And then I'll just nod and agree. <laughs> okay. Well, they can't see you nodding. So, anyway. Um, well, to me, the benefit is that your, your goals... Your business goals are are aligned now, in success, obviously. Best case scenario, they're aligned with your 
visual presentation. So all of the benefits you would expect to come with that, I think, will probably come with that. Your people understand instantly when they encounter something of yours what you're all about, hopefully. People it's gonna ideally look awesome. So people are gonna be gonna be maybe visually arresting or it's gonna be in some other way visually satisfying where people look at it and they just aesthetically are pleased by it. You really can't underestimate the power of that, especially in the wedding industry, obviously. Mm. Where almost everything is visually like it's a really visual industry in general. So that helps you to do two things. I think it helps you to be more discerning in the work that you take on and I think it helps you to charge more money, basically. Mm. I think it's it's difficult to persuade people to part with very large sums of money for certain services if your work is awesome mm. and it's presented in this way that's clunky and inefficient or dated looking. Anything, I'm sure you guys have heard me say this a bunch, but if anything that's not as good as your work is diluting your work. So if your website is eight years old, but your work is kick-ass and is on the cutting edge of wedding filmmaking, mm-hmm. then your website's diluting the quality of your work. It's, it's making yeah. people think less of your aesthetic standards because you're putting a website out there that's that represents you mm-hmm. and you're saying this is good enough for us and it's not necessarily very good. I'm not slagging off your old website. And just, <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Um, it's awful. I, I, I'm genuinely not even thinking of your old website. I'm just using the analogy terms. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I, th- I mean i think that pretty much sums it up for me so the, the benefits are you you should be able to push further into the the area that you want to be working in because i presume everyone to some degree or another or, or very many wedding suppliers to some degree or another will want to do more of this and less of that whatever this and that might be for them so if you optimize your brand so that it seems to be telling the story of i do this really well mm-hmm then you're just going to naturally get more inquiries for that. And you're going to, when people inquire with you who do want this, they are going to take seriously the idea that you do it well because you're telling that story throughout your brand and through all your copy and all the rest of it. Yeah. So in terms of what we've noticed at the start of the process, we sort of, one of the things we highlighted was that we'd like to be doing more elopements Mm -hmm. because we hadn't really done any Mm -hmm. and we wanted to sort of push into that market a wee bit more. Mm -hmm based on sort of being in Scotland with amazing landscapes around us, yeah. pushed on that and we've sort of highlighted the Scottish aspect in our website mm-hmm. and yeah, we've noticed a big increase in elopement inquiries and bookings. Awesome. All of our copy kind of revolves around this idea of like heritage and Scotland and mm-hmm. it's funny like when you start writing stuff out and you really, you take a lot of time over the copy or we did, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing the effect that it can have on people. Just, just like the tone, mm-hmm. and it, and it goes along with the image, just the look of your website, but the tone of what you write is is important as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of amazing, just um, just how deep words can be. Yeah, to your image as well. One hundred percent. If you mm. thinking back to the I'm Brew thing that I brought up earlier on, mm. like think of again, like so much of the tone of that brand comes across in the dialogue in their adverts and in the copy that they use on their posters and stuff mm. like that. Um, I've, again, you you've probably heard me say this a bunch of times, but like, if you're if you're being weighed up against a competitor, so if a client is thinking of booking you, or they're thinking of booking a competitor, mm-hmm. and you tell them that you do this, so this is different from tone. This is but still we're still talking copy. If you mm-hmm. tell them we do this thing really well, and the other guy who also does it really well doesn't tell them that expressly mm-hmm. in the language they will often credit you with it and not credit them with it because they don't have the tools that you have to 
look at your work and attribute descriptive terms to it and really analyze it and understand it. Mm-hmm. So I think just actually coming out and, and saying we do this and being explicit about it is actually something that not everyone is doing and it's something that can give you the leg up on someone else that does just a, as good a job as you do. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting one. I think the power of copy is is amazing. And then, yeah, when it comes to tone and personality, 100%. And it's important though to be really consistent with that then so that mm. the type of language you use on your website is quite similar to the type of language you use on your Instagram and your Facebook. And you try and do all that and you also try and be authentic and not come across as putting it on. Yeah. So it's a, it's a high wire act, but it's mm. really, really worthwhile getting right. And that's another thing that I think, especially sole traders, small businesses, that is totally an afterthought for mm. a lot of people, I think. Yeah. It's definitely something that we overlooked, at, at, you know, until getting to the branding mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. Do you have any examples of, in your sort of past or mm. as a filmmaker, musician, implementing some of those to niche one of your brands that you've had? A couple of times. With yeah, you. yeah, definitely. Do you want to talk about rooftop music? Yeah, I was thinking of that during the, the when you were talking specifically about the copy part of it. Because um, a, f- a few years back, so my, er, my, er, <laughs> it was my and then it became our photography <laughs> brand. Um, it was Gail Kelly. It was my name and it was because you start and you think I don't know what to do. So I'll use my yep. name. But my yeah. name isn't as cool as some of the other names. Chantal LaChance Gibson. <laughs> Nikki Ledbetter and yeah. all these people. Yeah, we <laughs> so. were going to be called Simon and Greg, two photos. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> quite work. Um, so we sort of rebranded. David came up with the name Rooftop Mosaic. We uh, focused in on urban weddings, city weddings. That was our thing. That was mm. what we wanted to do. And we wrote all the copy to sort of match that, basically. And obviously we selected images. So every lovely wedding that I'd shot that wasn't that was in a field was binned <laughs> and everything that was city was put forward mm-hmm. but actually that it was the I think it was the copy that probably made the most difference because the we we had quite a, a, a lot of inquiries that came through after that that really when they were writing the little descriptive bit where it's like tell me about your wedding and stuff they were really going on about oh it's it's in the city because we love cities too and and we love you know and they were really hammering home that that idea as if they were yeah. trying to tell us the fact that they loved cities as much as we did. Right. Yeah. And it was just, it was such a small change to just, there's not a lot of copy on my website. It's mostly photography based. Um, but to see that difference uh, was just really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, I'm always wary when we talk about this. So we, Rooftop Mosaic has always been a part-time thing for us. So it's not like we've set the wedding photography world alight with this idea. But what we do still get now is we still get inquiries to this day having done no marketing for it for several months, we still get inquiries to this day which are just all urban-focused. Like if we went through the inquiries for Rooftop Mosaic and read them out to you, they're all, either they're city weddings and they're obsessed with this idea or they're saying, hey, listen, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I'm getting married in a barn, but we love X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. People are actually apologetic about it, which makes me feel kind of bad. I know. Because I I don't know how snobby we must look that people are apologising to us for their wedding venues. But, um... Like clearly that's been a really successful route into focusing on a specific thing and thus adding value to herself. Because if you, again, if you're getting married in a city venue and you're looking at five photographers and all five photographers tell you, well, we love urban weddings, mm-hmm. you believe us because it's front and centre and it's the only thing we've committed to. Yeah. yeah, We're not telling you that as a sales tactic. It's 
right there on the website. It's right there in everything that we do. Now, whether that means, whether you could sustainably do that full-time in a very saturated market, I don't know because we haven't tried it. But what I can tell you is that it does help us to differentiate ourselves in that very saturated market, which is, and it's a, the wedding photography market is a particularly saturated market and it's particularly difficult to differentiate. Mm-hmm. If you think of the wedding filmmaking market, there's less of us doing good work in that market for a start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got all these additional elements to differentiate ourselves. So we have everything photographers have in terms of our use of light and composition. Yep. And then we have soundtrack and we have motion and recorded audio on the day and stuff like that. So we have all these additional elements. We've got runtime. There's so many different things we can do with it. Not to diminish all the wonderful things you can do in photography, but all I mean is there's just, there are more elements and there's yeah. less competition. So to differentiate in the wedding filmmaking market is going to be easier to do than to differentiate in the very, very saturated when photography market. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye unnecessary fuss, hello creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. Well saying that, I know a lot of photographers now are doing fusion. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a big thing. Yep. And um, I wonder how easy they find it. Yeah. As I think you and I would probably agree that becoming a fusion photographer and adding that side, adding that product to your business mm. is not a no-brainer. It's not an easy thing to do. Mm. And most people won't do it well, probably, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, Because you can't really go, well, I'm already doing 95% of the work. All I need to do is... Instead of hitting the shutter button, hit the record button. Yeah. You know, it really, really, really doesn't work like that. And I, th- I think yeah. people either are wise to that or will become wise to it quickly when they try and do it. Yes. Yeah, there's already a few photographers I know who have tried the video and just mm-hmm. don't, right. they don't like it. Yeah. Uh, not They don't like the process, but they, 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 what they've made isn't representative of where they are. Yeah. Well, their photographer work. I think that's a really difficult thing when you go to add a, fusion product to a really successful photography business mm-hmm. is that your photos are up here yeah yeah and then your video is not going to be up here on day one yeah obviously because there's a steep learning curve so what do you do do you put it out there and get more work and in the process start to slightly dilute the quality of what's out there representing you overall mm. or do you keep it under your belt until you're kicking ass at it yeah difficult decision <laughs> That is a difficult decision, yeah. I'm glad we don't have to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd I'd love to have someone on the podcast to talk about that. Um, we know a good few people we can chat to. Yeah, um, so you actually, you teach a workshop about fusion. Mm-hmm. You did, yes. Yeah. Is that... How does that make you feel? <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> I think I've told you before, mm-hmm. I like the idea, because mm-hmm. it's, if you guys are teaching people how to make decent fusion videos yeah it's going to raise the profile of wedding filmmaking mm-hmm. as a whole right because there's still a stigma around it that oh it's an old guy with a camera yeah although it's 
becoming a bit cooler now and more Definitely. creative, mm-hmm. but yeah, still need more people raising the bar mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, but uh, yeah, so you said raising the bar. I do want to make it clear mm-hmm. that video is not easy. Mm-hmm. If you're going to add it into your package and not charge what it's worth, yeah, then you are lowering the bar. Please do not lower the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, like value what you do. Yeah. And make sure others know the value For sure. and charge the value. Mm-hmm. So as long as people yeah. are understanding that it's not, they're not just love fusion. If people are just adding it in. Yeah. And like give, give it some thought is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I'm, I'm glad we're on this topic because mm. um, it's bringing back all the angst that I had when I, uh, or anxiety that I had when I was um, <laughs> that, announced that fusion workshop. That there, is there was right. quite a lot of people who were against it, weren't they? Mm. I mean, it, it seemed to be the that seemed to be true. Yeah, um, obviously, predominantly wedding filmmakers. Do you personally get the impression that Gail and I are putting out a message that you should do this thing for cheap? Well, I've not seen your so workshop. You, that's true. That's true. But you've seen other things. Impressions. Uh huh. Knowing you guys. Yeah. No. Right. I know that one of the things you'll be pushing is that it's it's not a full fledged film that they're going to be offering. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You've got to sort of factor that in, yeah. Sort of thing. I mean, all of the concerns that you'd have. So you'd have concerns as a wedding filmmaker that they're that it's going to be a cheap product that people are offering, which mm-hmm. is going to be have the effect of undercutting. It's not like for like, but it's going to have the effect of basically devaluing the general idea of of filmmaking at weddings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had the idea that this is also something you, that photographers are going to miss sell to their customers so they're going to make it look like a wedding video and people are going to book it and by the time people realise mm-hmm. it's not really a wedding video in the traditional sense or even in the modern traditional sense mm-hmm. um, it's going to be too late and you've been sold this thing you didn't really want Yeah. and to me I understand why you, those concerns would occur to someone but first of all from our point of view I mean we're not putting any message into the world that either of those two things are a healthy approach to adding a fusion product mm-hmm. but also like I don't know of any wedding photographer that wants to be dealing with clients who thought they'd booked one thing and ended up getting another? Yeah. There's no responsible way. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't last very long. That's not a long-term <laughs> strategy at all. Mm. And I don't know anyone personally that wants to take on that strategy. So those were two key considerations from a marketing point of view: is you price this so that it's worthwhile and you're not devaluing the industry because that's why you add new skills to your skill set in the first place is to is to reward yourself with you know if you shoot weddings and you're able to do it for a certain price and you're able to commit the edit in a certain short period of time and then you add this other product that you kind of charge less for but that takes you more time well you're you've just not done the math there at all because now your time is less valuable because you're spending more of it for less money so that's a daft thing for a wedding photographer to want to aspire to and then the other daft thing is the idea that well i'm going to produce this video and it's i'm going to let the client think they're getting bells and whistles wedding video with with audio and with full coverage of the speeches but then I'm going to produce this four-minute quirky thing and they're going to have to live with it. Like that That obviously backfires super yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always really fun just to see something unexpected at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's really hard to do, I think. So, yeah, we kind of... we Obviously, we weren't going to talk about Fusion. We yeah, just you, kind of went on to a tangent. That Sorry, in, yeah. I just... <laughs> let's go back to branding and, and finding a niche. Mm-hmm. You mentioned finding a niche. Yeah. And being able to charge more. Mm-hmm. Is that is that how you do it? Is that how you charge more? I think how you charge more is you present yourself really well and really consistently and you differentiate. But differentiation is not the same thing as 
being niche or specialising. So being niche and specialising, that's a way to differentiate. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that that I personally like and that we've used to good effect in a few businesses, including the wedding band that I play in, which is called Nick Bruce and His Blinding Lights. <laughs> yes, fantastic. At Nick Bruce Music. <laughs> um, com. So... <laughs> That's because uh, we played nothing but like funk soul bangers. Yeah. Um, early 2000s R&B, you know, that stuff. Stuff you can groove to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really groovy stuff that uh, you also have a lot of nostalgia tied up in. Um, anyway, check them out. But uh, <laughs> the, the point I'm making is, so that's so specialization works for us and it's fun for us. And I wanted to do that because I wanted to play that type of music and as did the other band members. That's helpful for us because there's not, now if you're looking for that really specific thing the market doesn't serve you 25 different options in Scotland for that you're we're in a pretty you know it's not a broad church the funk soul and early 2000 <laughs> R&B wedding band mm. scene so yeah inevitably like the a, a bunch of the balance of power in that uh, relationship has shifted from the client to us which allows you to charge more money that sounds cynical actually what that allows us to do is it allows us to rehearse more be better offer a more refined product get better musicians the horn players and the drummer and the ringers that we have effectively mm-hmm. albeit they're permanent man members and it's a, a fixed lineup band they're the best we could get because you know we can afford to pay them a lot of money so you mm-hmm. get a really really high standard of musicianship at your wedding point being that's that we did that through specialization but specialization is only one way to differentiate you differentiate through i think being specific so specificity in general i think is is key to differentiating so you're not just a wedding photographer you're a wedding photographer and then there's some detail about you I, you're trying to give the customer a reason to say i really want it to be this person it has to be this person you know i'm not weighing up five equal options i'm really attracted to this person for whatever reason and that can absolutely be a personality thing it can be a very specific niche that you work in but more often than not that probably won't suit the majority of businesses so mm-hmm. like i said it suited us in the past but i think if you're just you you don't have to specialise in a style. You can just have a particular attitude and have some kind of aesthetic signature. Doesn't need to be overt, and just have a really specific tone and just connect with people in a way. Give people something. Don't be a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. So definitely, do, like niching down is a way that I love, but it's not the only way at all. But but differentiating yourself, yes, because your value really lies in how you differ from everyone else. Because that's the only way really to weigh people up. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to spend... If you get your stuff in front of the correct eyeballs, you don't want to waste that window of opportunity by telling them stuff that your competitors are also telling them. You'll get full coverage of the ceremony and the speeches. Let's worry about that down the line, but let's talk about the things that make you you first and then go into the nitty-gritty when someone's in that active buying mode and they're really comparing features. But don't waste that up front because then you had this window of opportunity to say something. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. said kind of nothing. Yeah. So obviously people can come to you guys and <laughs> get help with that. For sure. But <laughs> is there one sort of piece of advice that would get them started that they could do themselves to finding what makes them different? Yeah, I think we sort of, in any sort of branding process, we give people a little bit of homework at the start anyway um, to sort of go through their you know, go through their work and their service, whatever that is, and um, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, what they want to do more of, what they want to do less of, you know, just answering these sort of basic questions um, and, like, taking taking some time with it and really thinking about what you want from your business because I think 
you've mentioned that before. I think you you know you do get to have a say. It's not all about you know what the client wants. It's like what do you want to do? What kind of service yeah. do you want mm-hmm. to offer? What you know how much do you want to earn? How much do you want to work? Um, really looking into all that aspect of your business because those are all the kind of questions that we would ask people in a sort of first consultation anyway so you can do that at home and you can look about at your work and find some answers hopefully mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think that's a, a pretty good starting point because that knowing yourself like knowing your business really well and understanding it and understanding what where you want it to go you're basically if you could design your own business and forge your own path what would it be because that's not the mode people are in especially in the middle of wedding season you're not thinking about, oh, what could we do? Yeah. You're, th- you're just trying to get through stuff and you're following patterns all the time. Mm. L- resting on your laurels to some extent, maybe at, at least as far as fulfilling your way through the backlog. You're doing the same things and you're following it in the same patterns. So what if you took a step back and were like, what would this be if it could be anything? Yeah. And that's a good... Pl- and then you know the goals because knowing the goals is the only way to start to present yourself better. And I, I mean, I, I think that's probably a complicated process for people. I take it. I mean, you guys obviously did something to that effect. Yeah. So yeah. Obviously, we didn't work with you guys. Mm-hmm. We decided <laughs> there was <laughs> a reason for that. When we started that. to think, right, we need to rebrand. Mm-hmm. We're like, right, who is there available? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you guys were top of mind because we are friends with you guys, mm-hmm. and we had been to your workshop. Yeah. Uh, but not your fusion one. Your branding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We sort of decided that. <laughs> we decided that we didn't want to go with you guys for a couple of reasons mainly because we wanted to be working with someone that wasn't a friend before there wasn't a pre-existing relationship yeah mm-hmm. so we wanted to get somebody that was before we started purely client relationship mm-hmm. and like we've gotten really well with the folk we worked with and mm-hmm. it was great but yeah we decided we wanted someone that was removed from us as people and as business mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want to sour a friendship because <laughs> we are nightmare clients <laughs> <laughs> no I get that attitude and I, I feel that way anytime we work with friends I'm always a little bit wary because it, it just makes every part of the process potentially a little bit more complicated yeah yeah. you get something back and you're like ah, I don't really love that but do I want to you know that's not my hill to die on so do I want to pick a fight over that or push back on that mm. um yeah, you know, it's a lot easier to do that kind of thing and to really ask for exactly what you want when you're just dealing with someone that you're only dealing with in a pro- purely professional capacity. Yeah, mm. for sure. One thing I do feel that wasn't missing but would have been a big benefit of working with you guys is the knowledge of the industry. Mm. Like the guys we worked with knew nothing about the wedding industry, mm. which right. was had its pluses as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was times where we had to sort of like that sort of explain things to them and yeah, yeah. sort of thing and if you guys had been doing it, you would have known that and moved quick, quicker, maybe. Right. There's also pluses Absolutely. to them not knowing the industry as well, though, that mm. sort of sometimes you'd be like, oh, I'm not sure if that'll work. And then you're like, wait, why? That's right. Yeah, because yeah. they were thinking less about branding a wedding company. Totally. It was more just branding a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that definitely had its pluses there. I suppose, I mean, you guys, um, you we'll be able to remove yourself from the wedding world as well. Yeah. Because we, you you work for loads of different companies that aren't wedding-based. Yeah, probably the majority. Yeah, we do a lot of sort of food and beverage stuff as well. And mm-hmm. I, I, I studied graphic design. It's my So I worked in an agency for six years where we did a whole bunch of absolutely nothing to do with weddings. It was, yeah. you know, 
all accountants and property development and mm. you know all random types of businesses yeah and we have other designers that work with us that aren't in the wedding industry so it's always nice to kind of have a little back and forth in the office when we're working on branding projects and mm-hmm. they're coming at it from the perspective of they have no idea what it's like to be involved in the wedding industry and then we come back with a you know well this is what uh this is what it's like or speaking from the perspective of a customer and like what mm-hmm. they'd be looking for and you know that knowledge so it's it's quite yeah 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 and we, we do try to guard against because i mean to me the major drawback of potentially being really deep in an industry is that you're just looking around the industry and going yeah what are the best what are the best aspects of this that i can just siphon off and include in our own work yeah however it's not a big issue in the wedding industry because there's not a tremendous amount of brand innovation going on in the wedding industry in the first place there's how many deer heads have you seen like skulls <laughs> deer heads and skulls <laughs> let's not get specific <laughs> but yeah there's obviously there's a whole there's a whole section of the wedding industry that, that literally has never has just never thought about this stuff mm. um, and then there's the high end market where people have thought about it and people are doing really good work in it uh, people have really nice brands in the high end market mm. and then there's other people who want to have really nice brands in the high end market and are aware that they don't necessarily think of these things and and prioritize them or they, they'd like to but they don't want to focus on that just now or yeah whatever it is but the the brand thing i think is at least on everyone's radar in the high-end market and then there's mm-hmm. this whole other section of the market that isn't thinking about that stuff at all but even like you just said there the high-end so yeah the high-end market are thinking about that but i actually maybe, maybe that's just uh maybe i'm talking nonsense but I, when you say that, I think of photographers and filmmakers and those mm-hmm. sort of um, high-end people. But actually, I think there's probably a large section of the market that are high-end florists and, and dressmakers and jewel, like jewelers and things yeah. like that that also just aren't thinking about that stuff. And mm-hmm. I would love I would love to see more of that. Um, I would love to just see more great presentation of that sort of stuff online and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Very interesting. Let's get deep for a minute. <laughs> okay. Because... I, I, like, never I, I like the, <laughs> I like the deep conversations. <laughs> See, I was laughing at. Yeah, go on. We have spoken about this before, mm-hmm. but why do we move forward? <laughs> you bastards! We can, we can now we can now all hear your answer. Um, I think it's a bit of an inane question. <laughs> uh, this is going to be weird to a lot of people that don't know what this is about. Yeah, yeah, true. Do you want to fill them in, Greg? <laughs> well, Just very is, briefly. Is it worth it? <laughs> David, I'll, 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 let me set your expectations. I don't have a good answer for this question. <sighs> so by all means, pursue it. Surely your answer is <laughs> the, the definitive answer. answer. The, the final edit of the film that you made. Exactly. I'll need to direct you. Because you could cut what people were saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So David did a video for Photography Farm mm. and chose to ask each presenter that question. Why do we move forward? So I should clarify, I did that because I, when I shot the video, I was physically moving the camera forward. So it seemed like the inevitable thing to do was just to ask that question. <laughs> I thought you did it just because they all had quite sexy accents and you yeah, were yeah. just like, let's That's get true. these guys on camera. It was an Australian guy, <laughs> Canadian <laughs> lady. <laughs> <laughs> Those two accents. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Chu was on it as well. Yep. yep. He also yep. has an accent. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I'll link that video in the show notes oh, if anyone wants yes. to watch it. Oh, and that fun. is the answer to why we move forward. That's why we move forward. It's all contained. Whatever, in that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever they said. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, is, is that the end? I hate yeah. to see it come to an end. I like chatting. 
I actually thought I thought of a, ra- a mini rant that I want to do before we finish. Oh yes, <laughs> oh, yes. a so wee we, salty segment. We talked about. So I, I want to be clear that this idea of like charging more money, right? Because there's the wedding industry has a reputation for. Oh yeah, the minute you add the word wedding to something, blah blah blah, and the price mm. doubles and etc. And that's obviously not. I don't think that's what any of the four of us are really talking about here. No, I did have a, a heated discussion with a guy, um, a piper, uh-huh. on one of the aforementioned Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Which is characterized by a different side of the industry. Anyway, um, point you're making. <laughs> you're you're very PC. There's a lot of people. I know, t- tediously polite. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of people in this. There's this massive group, twenty thousand odd people, full of suppliers and brides. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Scottish group. You you might know the one I'm referring to. I I, I do. And there's a lot. There's a tendency in that part of the market. The part of the, the kind of cut each other's throat part of the market, race to the bottom side of the market, where suppliers will come in and they'll throw other suppliers or other types of suppliers under the bus in order to kind of white knight in front of clients. And there was this guy, this piper who came in one time. A bride had asked, what can I expect to pay for a piper? And this particular piper came in and said, the most you should ever expect to pay for a piper in this universe is £150. Anyone that's charging you more than £150 is completely ripping you off, right? So I asked him, what do you charge? Can you guess what he charged? £150? £150. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, so you must be the best fucking piper that there is, right? There's no there's no headroom above you. You can't improve at all because the most you can ever charge without ripping someone off is 150 quid. So you're at the very top of your game. You're at the top of the industry. So what happens if you buy pipes that are four times as expensive as the pipes you have, the most beautiful sounding pipes in the world? What happens then? Where do you go from there? Is it justifiable to raise your pricing? And his answer was... There's nothing wrong with my pipes, which I, th- which I think misses the point of the question. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought um, yeah, I just want to be clear when we talk about pushing our pricing that we're we're not necessarily doing that to. Do, I mean, as it's, it's, we are in business to to reward ourselves, that's the whole point of what mm. we're doing, and there really is nothing wrong with that, and there is no arbitrary ceiling to what you can charge. But also by charging more money, it does allow you to take more time on the product. It allows you to invest more in what you're using to shoot if you're a wedding filmmaker or a photographer it allows you to invest more in whatever you're doing so there's benefits for the cl- the, the market should have a range of options and it should have a range of high end options as well mm-hmm. and there really is nothing wrong with charging what you think your time is worth that's why we're self-employed that's why we put up with all the the negative that comes with it with mm-hmm. the unpaid holidays and the stress of am I going to make my sales targets for this month because it's not an arbitrary do I get my 1% commission this month it's you know do we eat <laughs> so there's all that stuff but then in success you should be able to reward yourself with you know you shouldn't have this mentality of well it's unreasonable to charge this that or the other because that's yeah I don't think that's not why we're in business yeah oh, really. so what you're saying is if you want to raise your prices buy some nice pipes <laughs> that- if you're a piper <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it's an option <laughs> <laughs> take a step back Look at your work you've been doing. Yeah. And then get in touch with Walnut Wasp. That's obviously, that's, right. that's what I've been subliminally signaling this whole time. <laughs> so if people do want to get in touch, you've, yes. pl- you've plugged the band already, so you don't need to do those links. I know. Good shout. Good Plug shout. whatever you want. What website or where can they find you online? They can find us at www.walnutwasp.com. Yeah, that was www.walnutwasp.com. <laughs> Actually, we don't do this, so just walnutwasp.com. Cool kids don't well, do the don't W's do anymore, anymore, yeah. Not. Mm-hmm. And, um, All the W's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And if you go on there and fill in an inquiry form, you'll get a nice reply from David. Yes, within nice. 10 to 14 days. <laughs> um, you can also find us at Instagram, HTPPS, <laughs> colon, double slash, www.instagram.com slash walnutwasp. <laughs> at walnutwasp. And on there, you'll also get lots of David's lovely chat. You'll get a carefully curated Instagram feed from myself. Yeah. And but then some the stories. Mangled Instagram stories from David. Just whatever trash occurs. <laughs> they don't happen very often, but when they do, they're worth it. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the other thing to plug in for people getting in the industry is we did uh, Wedding Market 101 in January, and I'll probably supplement that this January with a few new episodes, but it's basically a big sort of resource on marketing yourself in the wedding industry. Mm which I, th- I hope would be good for people starting out, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a series of videos that we they're yeah, online. You blogs. can find them on our website and um, and they're just available for you to watch. Wannawasp.com slash weddingmarketing101. Well done. It's definitely worth checking out if you're new to the industry, but even if you've been in it, it's worth mm-hmm. just looking at because you'll, you'll learn something that you either knew and you've not been implementing mm-hmm. and it just sparks something in your head to be like, oh, yeah, I should really be doing that. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, even if you're well established, check it out. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah. What was your favourite part? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm not, I'm not I'm the live videos. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm not going to say what you. I think people really enjoyed the, the chest of drawers that were in the background. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yes, I liked your quirky oh. thing of changing whatever was on the chest of drawers every mm. time. I, I, actually, yes, I've just I, given that away. Spoiler. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, there's a Brooklyn gin bottle in the back of one of your videos mm-hmm. it made me buy a Brooklyn gin <gasps> really and I loved it my wife hated it really? so oh. I got a load of gin from that thank you nice, mm. nice. Mm-hmm. very welcome cool well that, that was our principal goal for that episode <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> well thanks for coming in thanks very much for having us catching up yeah good to see you guys thank you you've been listening to Perspective a podcast for wedding creatives we hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you did hit that subscribe button so that you know the next time an episode goes online leave a review That's a massive help. And spread the word by telling a friend. But until next time, enjoy your life.